Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, we have an important update on our mission in Pakistan from our host, Pastor Larry Spargimino. And Steve Butler will continue his teaching series looking at why it is important that we study and understand Bible prophecy. Would you help Watchmen on the Wall grow by inviting others to tune in? They can listen on the radio or through our SWRC mobile app. They can also access the program when they subscribe to our podcast. Friends, thank you for helping Watchmen on the Wall expand and reach even more people with the good news that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Time to get out our Bibles and join Steve Butler for today's look at the importance of exploring Bible prophecy. And what I wanted to do up front here as we get into point number six is to once again revisit, as we did at the beginning in point number one, revisit what I think are core passages, core scriptures, where God reveals his will to us, his desire to want to allow us to know if we will simply take the time and let the Holy Spirit lead us into a study of the scriptures. He wants us to know what the future is. He wants us to know all about all the events that are yet to come, even if we're not, as the church, directly involved in them. It's important. That's why he gave it to us. So I wanted us first to go to Isaiah, the book of Isaiah written about 650 B.C. approximately, before Christ. And it's approximately in the middle of your Bible. If you're uh, somewhat unfamiliar with the location of the different books in your Bible, you can uh, look for the the big uh, section on Psalms and then Proverbs, and then you get Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon, then you get into Isaiah. And if you've gone to Jeremiah, you've gone too far to the right. So hopefully that uh, book ends it for you there. And you can get into Isaiah, and we're going to Isaiah chapter 46. And in Isaiah chapter 46, we want to look at uh, three verses, verses 9, 10, and 11. Isaiah 46, 9, 10, and 11. Verse 9, remember, and this is God speaking, God speaking to his people. Remember the former things long past, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. Verse 10, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things which have not been done, saying, my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. And then verse 11, to add a little bit of um, detail to it, calling a bird of prey from the east, a man of, uh, of my purpose from a far country, truly I have spoken Truly, I will bring it to pass. I have planned it. Surely, I will do it. And, of course, there in verse 11, he's talking about the, uh, the Babylonians coming to uh, Jerusalem. And then uh, both the, the destruction, the capture and destruction of Jerusalem and the diaspora sending the Jews to Babylon. And then at the end of that period of uh, punishment of the, of the Jews, which is, about, which is 70 years, Jeremiah makes it very clear it's a 70-year period. Then, of course, the Persian king Cyrus releases him. So he has the the man of my purpose. So the point I wanted to make here is what a wonderful promise this is to those who know, know God. And you can't know God unless you know Jesus Christ first. 
We know that from Luke chapter 10, that Jesus Christ introduces us to God. This is, this is God, this is Jesus saying, my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure. He's not only telling us that he will fulfill his, his purposes and his good pleasure, but he wants you to know what they are. And he says that up in uh, verse 10 at the beginning, declaring the end from the beginning. So from the beginning, from Genesis 1, he wants us to understand Revelation 22. And he wants us to understand everything in between. What an amazing God we have. All right, so let's, let's take that great promise that we have from God and let's see him refine it even more amazingly. And that's in the book of Amos. So we're in Isaiah. We want to go to the left past Jeremiah and Jeremiah's book of Lamentations and Ezekiel and Daniel. And then we get into Hosea and what are called the minor prophets. So we have Hosea and then the small book of Joel. And then we get into Amos. And if you go to Amos chapter 3, let's look at verse 7. Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. Now we have to understand that Amos was writing even before Isaiah whom we just finished reading about. Amos was writing, I think it's roughly 750 or so B.C., and he's saying that God does nothing without revealing what he's going to do, his secret counsel to the prophets. Now, the significant understanding we need to have here is that in the Old Testament and up until the time of Christ, as it says in Hebrews chapter 1, uh, verses 1 and 2, that God spoke to man through the prophets until Jesus and so everything that he spoke through the prophets, we have here in front of us, if we have our Bible open, and I pray that you do, we have everything that God told the prophets to pass on to mankind, everything we need for life and godliness. And then, of course, we have Jesus and the Holy Spirit working through the writers of the New Testament from the time of Jesus on. So he's basically saying, everything that I am going to do from the Old Testament into the New Testament and on into the future all the way to eternity, the old Revelation 21, 22 passages. Everything that he's going to do, he wants you to know about, and he will reveal it to you if you are his. So, of course, you know, it goes without saying everything we're doing here is based on the fact that you're a believer in Jesus Christ or you're being drawn through the Holy Spirit to Jesus Christ because it's only through belief in Jesus Christ that God's Holy Spirit comes into your life. And when your Holy Spirit of God comes into your life, he opens your eyes and your ears and your mind and your heart to amazing things that are not revealed to unbelievers. You can read the Bible as an academician, and you can come away with some basic knowledge, but you lose the depths of that knowledge, and you don't have the wisdom that comes only through the Holy Spirit working in your life and showing you these truths. These mysteries are revealed to you. So that's what's happening here. He wants to reveal these mysteries, his secret counsel to his servants. And then I want us to go back to the left, and I want to go up, go past Isaiah to the Psalms. And I want to go to Psalm 25. Psalm 25. So the, the book of Psalms is pretty big, so you should be able to get to that fairly easily by uh, thumbing to the left there. And when you get to Psalm 25, we want to go to verses 12 to 14. 
Psalm 25, verse 12 reads, Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way he should choose. His soul will abide in prosperity, and his descendants will inherit the land. Verse 14, The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him. He will make them know his covenant. So again, do you see that? It's the same flavor of Isaiah 46. It's the same flavor, if you will, of Amos 3, 7, that the man or woman who fears the Lord, and that word fear is not a fear of punishment, a fear of pain and suffering. It means reverential awe. In other words, for us, it means a belief in Jesus Christ, and those are the ones who would be referred to as those who fear the Lord. And they look forward to his instruction, and he will show him, show us the way that we should choose, and our soul will abide in prosperity. And that, of course, is not the, the prosperity gospel. It is the prosperity of living in the will of God, and he will bless us in the way that he sees appropriate. That's the prosperity. And we will inherit the land. And, of course, uh, that could be a reference clearly to, um, to Israel. Uh, but just the idea of uh, prosperity and the fact that we are uh, we are the sons and daughters of God and the brothers and sisters of Christ. But the key is that the secret of the Lord is for those who fear him. He wants us to know all about him. He wants us to know about him in the most intimate way. So speaking of that, we're in Psalm. So let's go to the right and go to Proverbs. So right next door, bookwise, in Proverbs chapter 3, we want to go to verse 32, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 32. And now look at the, the um, dichotomy here, the, the opposites. For the devious are an abomination to the Lord, but he is intimate with the upright. The upright are those who fear the Lord. So you see the dramatic separation there that God makes, the separate, the distinction that he makes between the devious, they are an abomination to the Lord. That's a pretty strong word, but he is intimate with the upright. And that's the point. He is intimate. He wants us to know the details of what he, who he is and what his plans are for us and his plans for the world. And if we know him through his son, and we believe this, and we allow the Holy Spirit to show us his word, we have no fear of the future, because fear is based on the expectation of punishment, and a Christian will not receive the punishment that the unbelieving world will. Yes, we have persecution in the world. Persecution by the world is proof that we're Christ's. So we have to expect persecution and what I call lowercase t tribulation. But the tribulation, uppercase t, that's going to come upon the world once the church is taken away in the rapture, we don't have to suffer because we are of the Lord and we believed what his word told us he would do. And therefore, we have no fear because when we see Jesus face to face at the Bema seat judgment of the church at the rapture, uh, Hebrews 9:28 tells us he will judge us with no reference to sin. The judgment will be purely on what we did for him while we were on this earth awaiting either death to be with him or a translation in the rapture from life into to eternal life with him. 
That's all. That's what that's all about. No reference to sin. So no need for fear because we know whose we are and we know where we're going. So the only thing that's left is win. And that's for us to be about the Lord's business until that win takes place when, <laughs> whenever that is. So that's, uh, that's what I wanted to take you through in, in preparation for getting into the details of, of number six, uh, why explore Bible prophecy? Because I just get so uh, enthusiastic, so excited when I read those passages that it gives an extra special meaning as you go through each of these revelations of a prophecy from 3,000 years ago that has fulfillment in, in detail. So with that as a backdrop, if you will, we're going to get in. Let's look at Matthew 26. Matthew 26. So in the New Testament, going uh, to the first book in the New Testament, the first of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Matthew 26, and we want to go to uh, verse 51, and this is Jesus during his Passion Week, the week that he's going to be crucified. In fact, this is the night he is betrayed, and this is the passage on his betrayal. And look at what Jesus says in admonishing his own people, because you've got it, one of his people draws his sword out and cuts the ear off of uh, one of the servants of the people who were there to arrest him in the Garden of Gethsemane. So let's read uh, Matthew 26, 51 to 56. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached and drew out his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place, for all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Verse 53, or do you think that I cannot appeal to my father? and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. And if you do a background check, you find that the 12 legions equals about 72,000 angels. Verse 54, and here's the key. How then will the scriptures be fulfilled, which say that it must happen this way? Verse 55, at that time, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me? as you would against a robber. Every day I used to sit in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But, verse 56, all this has taken place to fulfill the scriptures of the prophets. Then all the disciples left him and fled. So we see here that Jesus is, is saying, if you had studied the Old Testament scriptures, if you had studied the prophetic passages in the Old Testament scriptures, which is what he's referring to when he says the scriptures, because remember, none of the New Testament had been written at this time, that you, if you had read those Old Testament pro, uh, passages, Isaiah 52, Isaiah 53, Psalm 22, and so forth, you would have known that this is going to happen exactly as it's happened. And we'll be uh, studying that as we get into uh, the next several programs here to cover the Old Testament prophecies and the New Testament fulfillments in point number six. An excellent book to continue your study of Bible prophecy is entitled, Will the Church Go Through the Tribulation? One of the chapters is written by Steve Butler. There are also chapters by Larry Spargimino, Kenneth Hill, and Noah Hutchings. Order your copy of Will the Church Go Through the Tribulation Today? 
when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order online, swrc.com. Another outstanding resource is the book, What's Next, by Dr. Kenneth Hill. What's Next looks at the different views people hold to concerning the end of the age. Order both, Will the Church Go Through the Tribulation? and What's Next, when you call 1-800-652-1144. Or you can always order online, swrc.com. Pastor Larry comes now to share an important update on the outreach and work that is happening right now in the country of Pakistan. Pastor Victor Samuel is on the phone with me, and we're going to share with our listeners some of the special needs we have for Grace Charity School. The school provides free Christian education for underprivileged boys and girls in Pakistan. And friends, we recently had an electrical fire at the school. The repair work has been done, but it was very, very costly, and it depleted our funds. So we really need your help. If we can't pay the teachers, we won't have any teachers, and we won't have any school, and we will lose our certification. The school is certified with the government in Pakistan, so it's very important that we keep going. So, Pastor Victor, how are things going at the present time? Well, things are pretty good, and uh, I'm thankful to you and uh, all the listeners and all the supporters who have been helping us with the damages we had with because of the electrical issue now it's better and uh, we we have things all we have got all things new now okay okay wonderful i know we we sent you funds and we praise the lord for the funds that we have but like i say our monies for the teachers and all that has been uh, depleted but the victor i understand you have some students with you who want to say hello to our listeners. So if you would introduce them, uh, that would be wonderful. We would like to hear from them. Yeah, well, I have a couple of students here with me right now, and uh, I'm thankful that they're still awake from, for us so that they can say some things to you all yeah. uh, as they're uh, studying here. So here is, a, here is a, a one girl. Her name is, her name is Carol Sadiq, and she would like to say something. My name is Kel Sadiq. I'm 14 years old. Our teachers help us to learn so that we can have we can have a good job in future and help many people. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Carol. That's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, well, that was Carol, and we have another uh, young girl here with us. She would like to say something. Hello, my name is Anmol Abdal. I am 14 years old. My parents are very happy that I am attending the charity school. They want me to tell you that we all thank you very much for your help. My prayer for you is that God would bless you because you are a blessing to me. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Praise the Lord. Yes, yes. And uh, uh, I have I have a young boy here, and uh, he would like to say a few words about his education. Yes. Hello, my name is Aslan. I am 13 years old. Thank you for helping us. My prayers reach for you from Romans fifteen thirteen. Now the word of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may about in hope through the power of Holy Ghost. Wow, beautiful. Thank you, Arslan. That's that was very beautiful and uh my, my heart has been moved. Yes, thank you. So, someone else, Pastor yes. Victor. 
Yes, uh, we have here, we have another uh, young girl here with us. Uh, her name is uh, Sunana Catherine. She would like to say something. Hello, my name is Nana Catherine. I am 14 year old. Thank you for providing us books, copies, stationery, and everything. Thank you from the bottom of my heart to give me a chance to get free education here. Thank you. Wow. God bless you, Sanina Catherine. It's so lovely to uh, to hear your voice. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, I have a, a last boy here with us uh, who studies in uh, eighth grade, and here is he. Hello, my name is James Big. I am 17 year old. I am living a lot, living a lot at Grace Charity High School. Thank you for us helping to have a good education. Wow, Prayim, God bless you too. I, I, you know, Pastor Victor, I would love to come there and see all those wonderful children. <laughs> yeah, we would love to have you here. Actually, uh, it's been our great prayer for you to come here and visit and see everything. It's been a years since we have seen you and visited yes. you. Yes, well, you've done a great work. Do we have anyone else that would like to say hello to our listeners? Well, that's, uh, that's it. We have about five, uh, five children here with us, and uh, actually it is uh, about, uh, it's time to go to bed, and uh, these children are still here just because they love Grace Charity School, right. and they're here to tell listeners about their uh, testimonies. Right, right. Well, that's so wonderful. And uh, children, thank you so much. I would love to come back to your beautiful country and visit you uh, one of these days. Uh, that would be a great, uh, great privilege. But uh, Pastor Victor, I know you are very strongly pro-life and uh, you take a strong stand against abortion. Unfortunately, in our country, in the United States of America, uh, President Biden is not pro-life. Tell our listeners why you think every child, every unborn baby is precious to God, why you want to train uh, young men and women in, in Pakistan to serve the Lord and to serve the world. Well, I believe that the little babies uh, are uh, really important and they, they should not uh, kill them because abortion is, uh, abortion is a murdering uh, a baby. So uh, in, the, in the Exodus twenty thirteen, it says that you shall not murder. Mm. So I think that they are precious and uh, they are very, very precious to God and they shall not be killed. Well, that's so true. I know we've spoken about this uh, before and there are some precious uh, boys and girls in Pakistan, precious boys and girls in uh, America. Many people are married and some of the Women are pregnant, and that's, that's the way God does it. And even the unborn baby is very, very special to the Lord, and we have to preserve their lives. Yeah, yes, sir. And I think that uh, the, those who, who uh, kill the unborn and uh, who, who are, uh, you know, says that the, they have right to kill them, mm. I think that uh, they, are, they are like the evil. They are evil people, and... This is not right at all because the word of God says that you uh, you know we we shall not uh, kill the babies or we should not kill anyone. Amen. Amen. Is that consider the murdering? That's so so beautiful. You know, friends, I have been really impressed with the character of the students, the teachers. We have a lot of wonderful teachers. If you would like me to send you some pictures of these wonderful students and the school facility and the teachers, I think your heart will be moved. So just send me an email 
Larry at SWRC.com. I will forward some pictures to you so you can see the great work that God has begun at Grace Charity School. I must say that this is a bright, shining light in Pakistan, in Toba Singh, and you and I have no way of knowing in the future what these, uh, these boys and girls, uh, they will be men and women in the future. They will be uh, a good influence on their country. They will be a good influence on the world. Uh, many of them will grow up to be doctors, teachers, lawyers, and so forth, and you can take a part in helping this wonderful work. So once again, my email, Larry at SWRC.com. If you have any questions about the school, about the ministry, about Pastor Victor, I've been working with him since 2009. He's a great man of God, a family man. Pastor Victor, we certainly appreciate you and, and all the teachers. I know there's a lot of work and labor that goes into ministry like this, so we will continue to pray for you. What are some of the things that you need help in doing. Tell, tell us about uh, some of the issues that uh, need to be taken care of. The major issues that we have right now is uh, the salaries. We need uh, salaries to pay yes. the teachers, and uh, uh, you know there there is uh, we do not have uh, much uh, much resources because uh, of the economy right now. And uh, I know that the things are very hard there as well in America and everywhere. So we, if we if we get the regular salaries to pay teachers, would be good. Yeah. And uh, plus that, right? Because since this is the end of the year, and uh, we are having third term exams of the children, which which we call the annual exams, because after these tests, children will be promoted into the next class right. classes. So right. we are looking for the books and copies and stationery and uh, desks for the uh, newcomers. Right. Well, thank you so much. Yes. Uh, friends, this is Grace Charity School, uh, which means that the the students do not pay any tuition. We pay their tuition. We uh, we we help them uh, to eat the lunch. We provide their uniforms and everything. So uh, we have a great staff of teachers. We must not lose the teachers, and uh, they are Christians. They're they're very committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. They're very committed to the kids. So if you could help us in any way, and if you have any questions, just call me or my my toll-free number, 1-800-652-1144, or send me an email, larry at swrc.com. Pastor Victor and young men and women, thank you so much for being with us. Well, uh, you're welcome. You're welcome, sir, and uh, we love you, and we we appreciate your all efforts, and we appreciate your all love and care for us here. Amen. Thank you so much, you. And, and God bless. Will the Church Go Through the Tribulation is an excellent book to continue your study of Bible prophecy. Order your copy today when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Another outstanding resource is the book, What's Next?, by Dr. Kenneth Hill. What's Next looks at the different views people hold to concerning the end of the age. Order both Will the Church Go Through the Tribulation and What's Next when you call 1-800-652-1144. You can always order online at our website, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. 
Tomorrow, we begin a brand new series with Dr. Kenneth Hill talking about the assault on liberty that is taking place in America. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Please visit swrc.com. Oh,